0: We are grateful to God. We're in Haggai, the second chapter, and I'm going to minister. This is just really a word of exhortation. Let's see how quick I can get an exhortation out. Um, There's no Hebrew. There's no Greek. There's no exegesis. This is just literally a word of exhortation. All right. Hebrew uh, Haggai. Look at me. Hebrews Haggai, the second chapter. And I'm going to read verses one through nine and we're going to go through this very quickly. The Lord has just been pushing this into my heart and spirit. Uh, greetings to all of you who are visiting with us for the first time. Make sure you text nine four zero zero zero. No. Text EGWA to nine four zero 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 so we can stay in contact with you. We appreciate you being with us this morning. You could have been anywhere else so we're glad that you're here with us. Somebody say Amen. amen going to just minister this word strength to build. Somebody say strength to build. Strength to build. Say it one more time. Strength to, strength to build. Haggai the second chapter beginning at the first verse says in the seventh month on the 21st day of the month the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel governor of Judah and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak.'" the high priest, and say to the remnant of the people. Now, who is he addressing? The remnant of the people. This means it's not the masses, it's not the multitude, it's not the largest of the corporate gathering, but it's the remnant. It's the detached group within the group, all right? He says, say to the remnant of the people, saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing yet now be strong zerubbabel says the lord and be strong joshua the son of jehoshadak the high priest and be strong all you people of the land says the lord and work somebody say and work work. say it one more time And and work for i am with you says the lord of hosts so the impetus or the drive Of being committed to the work is one thing. The Lord is with us. Somebody say, the Lord is with us. us. According to the word that I covenanted with you. Say covenant. covenant. When you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. In other words, according to the principle that I established when I delivered you. Okay, so when God delivers us, he doesn't just snatch us out of the trial or snatch us out of the bondage, but he literally brings us into the place of deliverance where now his purpose is being revealed. Somebody say the purpose of God. All right. So he establishes a principle and a precedent. I'm delivering you, but I'm with you. So I'm not just snatching you out and leaving you right? But I'm staying there with you. He says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. Somebody say, uh, Russia and Ukraine. Amen. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. So this is his intention for every upset and upheaval and turmoil in the nations that every nation would come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple With glory, says the Lord of hosts, right? So the manifestation of glory or the promise of that is commensurate with the upheaval and the shakeups that we see all around. He says the silver is mine. Say the silver is mine. mine. He says the gold is mine. Say the gold is mine. mine. That means that God does not have an economic issue. He's establishing the principle and the precedent that I am not void of resource. It's all mine. That means the money in the bank account of the multimillionaire who could finance your dream with one check. They think is their money, but the money belongs to God and he can do with it whatever he wants to do. He says it's mine. And then he promises again that the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. So he's saying you think you saw something before. Wait till you see what I'm about to do. You think you experienced my power before, wait till you see what I'm about to do. You think you've seen me provide before, wait till you see what I'm about to do. Because glory is not smoke, it's splendor, it's affluence, it's weightiness, it's reputation. Somebody shout hallelujah, it's splendor. He says the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, somebody say this place. I will give peace which is the Hebrew word shalom for nothing missing nothing broken and nothing lacking that means no deficit it means no dysfunction it means no disenfranchisement somebody say peace that's not just mental peace and you listening to your favorite song okay it means that you will come into a place where nothing will be out of alignment or out of order that's God's peace Everything will be reconciled, says the Lord of hosts. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Circumcise the ears of our heart. Give us hearts of understanding so that we can receive the engrafted word that is able to save and convert the soul. And thank you for such a great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's point number one. Let's go right into the points. The immutability of God's word is what uh, this is all based upon. Say immutability that means it does not change so if god said it robert taylor it is firmly established in all of eternity nothing can change it the devil can't change it the seasons can't change it the winds and the waves cannot change it your trial your tribulation your failure your fault your sin you're missing the mark when god speaks something it is immutable say immutable He cannot lie, and his word cannot change. As high as the heavens are above the earth, he has exalted his word higher than everything. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is going to stand forever. Somebody say his word cannot change. When we look at, um, I'm going to use this word, antiquities writings or archives, when we look at the, the scriptures of God, we have to recognize that we have a responsibility as teachers and preachers to bring the archaic, text into contemporary relevance. Somebody say amen. So this is speaking to a people in a time that was a very long time ago, but there are always layers of revelation and insight that in our modern experience that we can apply when the Bible says uh, that in the beginning was the word we recognize that the word is a man. Somebody say the word word. is the man. Uh, John in the book of Revelation saw him riding a horse with an insignia on his garment that literally said word of God so he is a man say the word of God is a man the word of God is Jesus Christ All right, and so we don't approach the scripture from the standpoint of it is just some old historical document that doesn't really have relevance it has relevance because when you begin to tap into the word of God it becomes the living word the living man Christ Jesus who begins to ride through every area of your life to establish firmly what it is that he is saying somebody say amen Amen. point number two in the beginning was the word meaning logos somebody say logo logos The word for that means concept. So in the very beginning of anything that God is going to do, he first has an idea. Somebody say idea. And because we are made in his likeness and image, when we get into our creator uh, attributes, when we begin to manifest as the sons of God, every single thing that we are called to manifest in the earth is going to begin as logos. It begins as a concept. Somebody say concept. This is what makes the renewing of our mind such a pivotal and, and 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 focal point of our salvation Because without the renewing of your mind, according to Romans 12 You cannot prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God I taught yesterday in Natsar, so i shout Natsar real quick we talked about how there is a cohesion between the renewed mind of the believer the spirit of the believer and the Holy Spirit of God and how all of these are intertwined and God uses our logic and our rationale to bring us to the understanding of what it is that he's saying and doing somebody say amen some of us are just waiting for a wind to come and when we hear a a, a wind blow and think that that's the voice of God speaking then we're going to leap into a decision but that's not how how God operates. He operates according to a principle that does not exclude our ability to think. Somebody say think. God has his greatest success with people who have the capacity to think. Somebody say I'm a thinker. So in the beginning there is the logos. There is the concept. Now after the logos there is a prophet. Right? John 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was what? The word was with God and the word was God, right? In verse 14 it says, and the word became flesh and Dwelt among us. But before the concept can take on the form of flesh, there has to be the agency of the prophetic provoked. Well, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. Because before the word became flesh, Isaiah the prophet, 700 years prior, prophesied the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when God is about to do something new in your life, he has to send an agent to activate it and to Incubated and to actuate it in your life so that it can begin to come to pass somebody say there has to be a prophet so then that means that we have to go according to the principle I'm going a little bit fast because this is an exhortation Uh, uh, in 2nd Chronicles where he talks about if you believe God you will be what established he said but if you obey his prophets you will what You will prosper. So it means that God doesn't do anything in the earth without first revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Why? Because the prophets are the ones that have to articulate it. They have to prophesy it. They have to speak it into existence so that it can become flesh. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. So everything he does starts in the mouth of the prophet. So when God has given you a word, somebody say we have a word we have a word that we're gonna be a super mega ministry we have a word that we are going to build uh, churches all around the world world we have a, a word that we are going to have a network that is a collaborative of apostolic and prophetic and five-fold ministry leadership gifts and we're gonna form a round table and we're gonna bring direction to nations and direction to regions and territories we have a word that we're gonna be a multi-million dollar ministry and that in our ministry there are gonna be a multiplicity of millionaires we have a word that this is going to be a house of healing and signs and wonders and miracles these are all the words that are over our lives we have a word that there is a sound in our house that has to be produced somebody say amen Glory to God, that's all right. we're waiting on the season of God but there's a sound that has to be produced and released to the nations of the world because in the sound there is healing and there is deliverance we have that word, somebody say we have a word but it's not enough for us to just have a word without observing the seasons that it's going to take to bring that word to pass now this is where I'm at in my notes, right there are different seasons, there's a winter season where things die off Don't make too many decisions in your winter season because the wrong stuff is going to talk to you. When you're in a season of deficit, you're in a season of loss, you're in a season of things drying up, you have to recognize that that is a normal part of the process. We could not enjoy summer here in the Northeast if we did not have winter. I say amen There has to be a season where things expire There has to be a season where they come to an end But the powerful thing about winter Is that it has an expiration date And it always gives way to the season of spring So there's always a season of new life There's always a season of things that are sprouting up We have to discern, Elder Warren The times and the seasons of God in our lives So that we don't make the wrong decision in the wrong season I'm talking a lot about that because people feel the uncertainty which is pushing us into places of transition. I talk to people all around the world. Everybody's in transition. Everybody's antsy. Everybody doesn't know what to do, but this is what you need to do. You need to revert back to what thus saith the Lord because he is the Alpha and the Omega. Somebody say amen. Amen. And he has already been to the end of a thing and you have to trust him. That's why that song we sing it all the time. Trust me. If you would only trust me. That's that's literally the sentiment of God that sometimes it doesn't seem like you can trust him, but you have to make up your mind. I'm going to trust him. Point number three. These are phases for the fulfillment of a word. When God gives you a word, it begins with a conception. Say conception. Conception. That's the idea. That's the logos. Number two, the conception then has to be incubated. Right. There's a season of incubation. There's, you, you get the seed. The seed is active. But it has to be protected and incubated in a particular environment that is conducive to that seed living full term. Number three, it has to be gestated. Right. Number four, there's a season of travail. Travail begins to happen to let you know that it's almost time for you to give birth to the promise. But what is travail? It is groaning. It is pain. It is agony. Somebody say agony. Agony. You cannot jump off of the labor and delivery floor when travail kicks in. As painful as it is. Now, I watched my wife give birth physically to three of our four children. I was in the lobby when she had the first one, but for the remaining three, I was in the room with her. Prophet T spent some of the time in Aiden's birth, and I don't understand for the life of me why God puts women through that agony and pain. I don't know what A.E. did that ticked him off that he said that in a lot of pain you're gonna bring forth children, but I'm telling you, it's a crazy thing to behold. But in the middle of travail, I've never seen a pregnant woman get up and say, I'm not doing this, and catch the elevator downstairs and go sit in the lobby. They stay in the travail because they recognize that this pain is about to produce something. Here's the temptation. The temptation is that when you begin to go through things in your life that cause conflict and pain and agony, the the, the temptation is, let me find the exit button. Let me find the door that's going to alleviate the problem, not realizing, beloved, you about to miscarry. You are about to be in the elevator, and your baby's gonna drop out of your womb in an environment that's not conducive for your baby. You have to stay in the place of travail, right? Uh, Then after the travail is the birthing. That's where the baby comes out. You got your seed. You got your promise. Number six, there has to be protection of the promise. You just don't throw the promise out there. You have to insulate it and protect it. Number seven, then there is the maturation of it. Somebody say it has to mature. So when the vision, Elder Warren, begins to mature, when we become a a ministry that is no longer like children that are tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine, when God can trust us to do what it is that he's called us to do and we can do it on command, we can do it on demand, we can do it with consistency and faithfulness, we can do it without having to have a meeting about how to treat people on the usher board or on the praise team or in the choir or even have a choir. When we can make this work the way it's supposed to work, without ego, without pride, without people thinking they're the grand dame and they're all that in a bag of chips and they're barely living saved. Get what I'm saying? When we can get to the point where God is magnified and glorified in our midst, then we come to the next level, which is replication. Then God says, I can trust you now to reproduce the promise. Now you can take it and you can open up another campus and you can go to an area where you have never been and you can build another church because you have been found faithful with what I've called you to do. And then that gives place to number nine, which is perpetuation. It then gets to continue. You get license for it to continue to move. Somebody say amen. amen. I found this out that the scripture says, and I'm really almost done, to whom much is given, much is what? You can't build much with people who are not given much. And the temptation is profit When you're a leader like me, I think Brandon identified that I am a transformational type of leader. Now, I'm adjusting and and I'm growing and evolving and I think that there are other dynamics of that leadership that I'll take on. But one of the weaknesses, I would say, for a transformational leader is that they always look for the good in everybody. Stick with me, right? They always look for the good. They look for what's in you that can be cultivated, that can be mentored, that can be pulled out. But here's the problem, Elder Aaron. Everybody doesn't want what you see. you am not gonna like it. Everybody doesn't. Everybody doesn't want it. Everybody's not interested. And so the the tyranny of being a transformational leader that looks at people through the lens of what is your gift? What is your calling? What is your purpose? What are you supposed to do? The tyranny is you start to deal with people on the level of pouring yourself and everything you have into them to pull it out. And they're going home saying, I don't even know why he's doing that because I don't even want to be nothing more than I already am. So part of the paradigm and the adjustment is you have to let people be exactly who and what they are, even to their own detriment. You've got to move out of the way. Can I be honest with you? So that's why this is a word of exhortation. And it's not to say that you're not worthy of a deep exegetical word, a revelatory word. But I found out after a couple of visits to the doctor that I got to slow down a little bit. And the reason why I have to slow down is because I'm expending my life force with people that are throwing it back in my face. Are y'all hearing me? And so this is what God has has put in my spirit to whom much is given, much is required. He said you cannot build on a certain level with people that I haven't given much to. Because I wind up having expectation of people that God's not expecting anything from. some people now listen now listen no this is real and when i tell you this is setting me free because some people have not been entrusted with much from god they literally haven't prophet t and i were having this conversation and we were just talking. we talked i probably talked to you more than anybody but we were just shooting the breeze about some stuff and i said you know what is interesting because i said i'm so convicted Of what God has called me to do. And that calling has been a guiding force through all of my life. When I was in ninth grade, I knew that I had to be a preacher in Connecticut. When I was in ninth grade, I knew I'm going to have a church in the state of Connecticut. I'm going to have to build it. By the time I went to college, I knew that I would have a network that touched the world. When I say I knew it, I mean these were the guiding principles that governed my decision making. Right. So when it came time to date, I had to have conversations about, do you believe in global ministry? Yeah. Some of y'all marry people that don't even believe in what you called to, but that's all right. That's another story. Yeah, because one of the biggest, one of the biggest nooses around your neck is a spouse that is not equally called. God could call you to be a prophet to the nations and you could be married to somebody that's barely a Christian. And you wind up following somebody into a place that an upset to your entire destiny. So then you wonder why your life is mediocre. And why you are unfulfilled. It's because you're unequally yoked together with a believer. With a believer. You can be unequally yoked with a believer. So to whom much is given, much is required. So now the measurement has to be not I see this great thing in you. The measurement now is what is God giving you? What has he entrusted to you? Now I need to hear your conversation about what it is you believe you're supposed to do because I can see but just like I can see doesn't mean anything God can see too he sees purpose in all of us because he put it in all of us but he knows that we're not all going to fulfill it because many are called but if God said that then I got to have enough sense to know that that's a reality and so strength to build means that you have to take an assessment of what you really have told Prophet T I said we got churches Pastors, leaders all over the world that claim to be a part of Ecclesia Global. But we got to cut some of that back. I said because where our real strength is, it's not in the people that are attaching to a name or a brand. It's in the people that are committed to doing the work. So if we measure your commitment to the work versus what you present. Then we know where we really are. We got pastors and I'm a part of Ecclesia Global. I ain't seen you in the meeting. How you a part oh and it okay, keep going. No, I'm learning. No, 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 I'm changing. Th- thank you. That's it. Point number four. So there are different phases. I did real good right there. People <laughs> 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 Tell me I ain't growing. I could dance right now. Everything doesn't belong in the pulpit. That's the first time I said that in 12 years. Tell me I ain't growing. You married and I'm growing. Let's we, Tell me God ain't working miracles. In the phases, I'm closing. In the phases, in the phases of this process that takes us from conception to manifestation. There's a lot we're going to endure. There's a lot we're going to go through. There's a lot we're going to suffer. There are a lot of seasons and cycles and phases. And people get on and off at different season cycles and phases. But this is the scripture that spoke so poignantly to me in my prayer time. God said to us, like he said to Zerubbabel, yet now be strong. Somebody say strength to build. build. He said, be strong and work because I am with you. That means that I can't grow weary and you can't grow weary in your well doing because the only way to reap it is what? You can't faint. And so the idea of the enemy is to wear you down to make you faint. You got to make up in your mind, I'm not going to faint. Somebody say amen. He said he's going to shake the heavens and the earth. He's going to shake the nations. They're all going to come to the desire of ages. He said, but the silver is mine and the gold is mine. So number one, we're working because he's with us. Number two, the economy belongs to him. It is in his hand. That's a prophetic word for us because it means that he's going to finance, not just keeping this stuff afloat. We keep this stuff afloat. This is not a challenge for us. Right? But if we're looking at a multi million dollar prophecy, uh, property, then we need to know that God has the gold and the silver in his hand. Somebody say amen. I believe that it's time for us to take our ministry to the next level. It, it, it literally is. We'll be 12 years old this year. 12 is the number of governing order. It's time for us to step up and to come into another level. What does that mean? Let's look for property. Let's look for property in faith. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because people are getting buildings that, according to how we look at it, they don't qualify. But here's the here's the, the, the good side of the pandemic. There are people trying to get rid of properties because some churches have closed down and they're not gonna I just got another call about a church that's going up for sale in New Haven. Now, I don't think I want that building, but it's just the idea is churches are shutting down. We could remodel it. We really could actually and the location is nice. I'll drive by this week and take another look at it, right? But here's the, here's the thought. Here's the thought. If we believe in this process that God's movement only begins with a concept, then if we can conceive it, it can manifest. I don't have to wait for us to have a million dollars in the bank for us to get it. That's That's news to me. Because if you know anything about people like me, we're very pragmatic. Everything has to be together before we move on anything. It it just, that's just, I'm built that way. You know, that's just the way that it goes. But sometimes that is antithetical to faith because God will tell you to go jump off the ledge and you just got to jump. You can't look for how many feet down from the top of the ledge it is to the bottom. You can't call people and make sure you got the little bouncy thing on the bottom before you jump. If God says jump, you got to do, you got to obey. And so it means the faith realm that we operate in is going to require us to make faith moves because faith without works is right. And then the last thing he said, After he promised to be with us after he commanded the tired people to work after he said the gold and the silver is his he gave them a promise that the glory of the latter temple after you have survived after you have persevered through weariness after you have observed all of the different seasons and phases of your growth and development after you've gone through after your travail after your pain after the agony the brokenness after all of that he says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former and in that place nothing will be broken nothing will be missing there will be no deficit and so I'm encouraging y'all I'm done You see I leave put my little notes on a little paper done. now if I come in with the laptop you're in trouble iPad we're in the middle But this, this is easy. (laughs) Everybody stand. An exhortation to bring strength to the builders. To whom much is given, much is required. I've asked God several times in my life, why do you ride me the way you do? And you don't ride other people the way you ride me. Why is it that I can't do what other people can do? (laughs) I can't put spit on people's faces and still give away seven million dollars. He says to whom much is given. Much is required. When you're a transformational leader you're leading people into something that doesn't exist that's part of my calling so that's why I see what people don't see that's why I'm committed to building what you don't even know is in you to be built that's why I'm committed to warring for a destiny that sometimes doesn't even make sense to me yet I know that it's really there we're going to the next level. I can feel, I've said this and I'll keep reiterating it. I can feel the spirit of elevation upon our house. I can feel it. I can see it. People are expanding. If Tyrone ever get up here again and do another, I'm a dance, dance, dance all night. But I looked at it and I said, that's expansion. What church do you know where the sound guy gets up and exhorts and leads people in the dance, 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 dance all night? It's expansion. It's growth. Lift your hands up. Father, thank you for giving our house strength to build. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But you promised that we can work because you're with us. So, Father, let the hearts that are fainting be strengthened this morning, this afternoon. Let the people that are tired and growing weary in their well-doing. Father, I pray for an infusion of your power in their lives. Father, that you would increase them, increase their capacity to understand what you're saying and doing. I pray, Father, that you would move upon them in an unusual way to reinforce the divine will and plan of God. You are sovereign. And my vow is that we are committed to your divine will we are committed to your purpose we are not rebels, we are not renegades we are not self-centered people that are pursuing our own agendas but we seek the will of the almighty God we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and then we know that everything else is added to us we receive this done in Jesus name somebody say amen